happy to take a break from our sermon series, The Upside Down Kingdom, as we've been looking at uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount to have Brandon share with all of you and to talk to us more about worship. Um, Brandon and Haley, they are doing a fantastic job with our Sunday mornings. Everything from the, the greeters, overseeing that, um, to what's going on back there as we're figuring things out. And we got Brian trying to sort things out from the music to there, there's so many things that they're, they're overseeing and they're doing a fantastic job. Brandon is one of the finest people I know. Just is. And I get the pleasure of meeting with him every week. And it's so super special. I wish everybody got a chance to meet with Brandon once a week. So I love learning from him. I love the insight he has. I love the passion for Jesus he has. And in particular, I love your passion for seeing the church worshiping the Lord and just fully devoted to him with everything they've got, mind, heart, and hands. So, and he's going to talk more about that today. So let's give him a round of applause. I'm going to have to move this back a little bit. Um, so I, I have to start off by saying, uh, if you've met with me or, or spent more time with me than maybe like six months meeting with me on a weekly basis, you probably will have different feelings than that. So Shane, I'm glad you're still in the honeymoon phase. You just wait. It's coming. Um, good morning, ALCF. As many of you know, uh, my wife Haley is in the hospital uh, for kidney infection and kidney stone, um, potentially kidney stones, and then uh, she should be discharged actually this morning, so as I was leaving to come here, um, the, uh, the nurse practitioner was working on discharging her, uh, so I'm, I'm super thankful for that. She's feeling much better, but this was the third visit to the ER uh, this week, so Sunday, Wednesday, and then uh, Saturday, uh, this is the third time, and, and so... I uh, made the comment to her, uh, hey, third time's a charm, and unfortunately, she didn't think my joke was very funny. <laughs> the pain meds must have been wearing off, but as they told us yesterday that she'd be admitted to the hospital again, so she, we went to the emergency room three times. She was admitted twice. Um, as, as they told us we were going to be admitted, I was actually working on my message for today, and Haley looked over at me and said, you're preaching. And I, like a great husband, said the, the one word we need to learn very, very often and very uh, well is, okay. <laughs> Got to love a wife. That, yes, right. Got to love a wife that loves the word. So now, in all seriousness, though, she really, she wanted me to be here um, to be able to, uh, to share my heart with you and share God's heart. So um, I'm super excited. Um, and we have greatly appreciated the prayers that we've gotten from this church and just from our family here at LCF. That's why it's so good to be here. The love and the support in this room is just amazing. That's why I get so pumped when I come here on Sunday mornings. I know I'm super energetic and emphatic a lot of times, but that's why. Uh, it's because we have an awesome God. We have awesome people in this room. We have an awesome pastor and Shane leading us and, and Mary supporting. It's just amazing. So thank you. It's good to be with family. Um, as I was preparing for this message, though, I began to realize more and more that there's just so much that I believe God really wants uh, uh, me to say, and so little time to say it, and so I, I could have just breezed through everything really fast, um, like I did a few months ago, and I, I listened back to and realized I was talking faster than I've ever talked in my life. I've been spending a lot of time with Kevin, apparently, and uh, so I actually got this crazy idea to ask Shane if it was okay to preach again next week. 
Um, and, and I don't think it was actually my idea. I think it was the Spirit's idea because my natural being says, like, that's stupid. That's just insane. Your wife's in the hospital and you're going to try to preach twice. Well, I guess that's what I'm doing. And when I asked Shane, uh, he said, I don't see how this is not a win or how this could not be a win. I don't know if he was giving it long enough thought, um, but essentially he doubled my mic time. Um, so I can think of plenty of ways that this would not, could not be a win, um, but I'm going to trust that that nudge I felt was truly God and not my own insanity as it often is. So I um, spent my, most of my week in a, in a place where people go to receive uh, physical um, relief from physical pain for the short term. It is really good to be in the house of God where we can find spiritual freedom and relief from chains long term. So super glad to be here. Um, and, and it's so good to be with in God's house with God's people declaring God's praise. That's what we're going to talk about this morning is declaring God's praise. Um, and I want to, uh, I want to pray to start. So let's pray. Father, uh, we just thank you so much. We love you. You are amazing. You are good. You are good. And you're never going to let us down. Even in the midst of our circumstances, uh, our circumstances don't dictate your faithfulness. Your faithfulness dictates our circumstances. And so, God, we just thank you so much for who you are, for what you've done, what you're doing here at ALCF. And we continue to pray that you would do it. Uh, I acknowledge that I am weak this morning and that I need your spirit to lead and to guide and for you to be the one teaching and preaching and, and not me. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So here at Abundant Life, we express, uh, or we exist to express our gratitude to Christ for what he has done, is doing, and will do, and who he is. And this is something that I laid the, uh, the groundwork for when I talked a, a few months ago about how we re- always have a reason to sing as followers of Jesus because we are redeemed, we're rescued from the greatest evil of all time, from the greatest enemy of all time, by the greatest Savior of all time. We've been given the greatest helper of all time in the Holy Spirit, and we get to live eternally with the greatest Father of all time. We're forgiven. We're bought back from the darkness. We're alive. We're chosen. We're not forsaken. We're resurrected. We're promised a brighter future. So how can we not sing? That's our reason to sing. That's our motivation. That's why we praise on Sunday mornings. But today I want to focus on how we praise, how, how we sing, not necessarily melodically, because I can't even really do that too well. So we're not going to go there, but, but what should it look like? What should praise look like for us as a body of Christ, uh, as a disciple of Jesus at ALCF? And as I was working on this, I continued to sense God saying a couple of reasons that he just wanted me to talk about this. I kept hearing him say over and over again, for your father, for your family, and for your fuller freedom. So for your, for your heavenly father, for your God, for your family, your brothers and sisters in Christ here at ALCF, and for your fuller freedom, as I believe is why he wants uh, me to talk about this this morning. So keep that in mind. Ask yourself this morning how what we discuss may be for God, for your brothers and sisters in Christ, and for your fuller freedom. Uh, you know, we spend a good part of our Sunday morning services singing songs. Anybody ever thought that's kind of weird, like that that's what we do when we gather? We sing songs? You might wonder why we do that, and we're going to talk about that. I feel very strongly that we shouldn't just be singing just to sing. We should know how to worship and, and not just why we're worshiping or singing. So we're going to focus on the, the singing portion of the service since we do it every week. Some of you have been doing it here at ALCF for 30-plus years, so we should probably know what we're doing when we do it, right? So in order to do that, I want to look back. Uh, when Shane was going through the, the series on true worship, he defined worship as loving something supremely with your heart, 
Trusting something supremely with your mind and obeying something supremely with your actions. And so by this definition, which I believe is a biblical definition, I want to dive more clearly into how we love God supremely with our hearts, trust him supremely with our minds, and obey him supremely with our actions on a Sunday morning service at ALCF. So here's the direction that we're headed. And I don't have a PowerPoint. I don't have visuals. I'm sorry. Haley was sitting in the hospital bed at 8 last night and said, hey, do you want a PowerPoint? I'm like, you are crazy. And I didn't even get it done in time. And she said, well, I guess I'm not superwoman. And I had to look over again and like, is that my wife? Uh, she actually admitted it. So, um, so we, uh, we exist to, or we express our gratitude to God at ALCF as we worship God through song. It's going to be the first thing, through song. With our minds is the second thing. With our hearts is the third. With our actions is the fourth. And together is the fifth. So we uh, express our gratitude to God at ALCF as we worship him through song, with our minds, with our hearts, with our actions together. And this week we'll just be focusing on through song, with our minds, and with our hearts. Next week we'll, we'll take a look at our actions and together. So first, let's start with through song. There's two parts to the songs that we sing on Sunday mornings and most of the songs probably that we hear, uh, the music and the words. So the instrumental praise and the vocal praise. And so I want to talk about both of these to help us better understand why we use them and how we use them. And as we talk about the music, I'm going to include singing here as well as even, because singing can kind of be seen as an action, but singing is also musical. It's a huge part of music. So the melodies and the harmonies that uh, come from our vocal cords are in and of themselves musical. And many, including myself, would even consider the voice to be an instrument. And I believe it's one of the, it's the purest uh, instrument that we've been given, the most powerful instrument that we've been given is our voice. And I believe that uh, that's why we can be moved by acapella songs or um, very elaborate speeches such as those of Martin Luther King Jr. Um, so keep that in mind moving forward. We're going to kind of talk about the singing part as, the mu- as music as well. So first, let's take a look at music. I love music. Music is such a huge part of my life, and I know it is for many of you. Um, here's my favorite thing about music, though. God created it. The God of the universe, like, literally holds the heavens in his hands. I don't know if you've ever seen the footage from the Voyager when it went out, and you could see all the galaxies and, and the universe, and um, my mentor KP was just showing a couple of us uh, that the other day. It is amazing. But God created music for his enjoyment and for our enjoyment. And he loves music, too. In the book of Psalms, God tells us to praise him with music. Uh, Psalm 150 says, praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Psalm 98, 4 through 6 says, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing. With trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn, shout for joy before the Lord, the King. And in Revelation, it talks about how God has angels and creatures around his throne 24-7, even though 24-7 isn't even a thing in eternity, whatever it's called in eternity, just eternity, worshiping him, singing to him day and night. And then even uh, in the Old Testament, David uh, would play uh, music, right? David was uh, a man after God's own heart. And David was a primary writer of the Psalms, right? Music, David was a musician. Um, Saul's, uh, uh, when King Saul had a spirit, um, there was music played to help 
ease some of that evil spirit as well. So music is powerful, and music is something that God uh, loves. So it's clear in the scripture and plenty of other passages that we'll look at uh, where God commands us to use music to worship him. It's not an option. He actually commands it. So with music, though, just as with any good thing, it can be misused. And I do want to talk about that a little bit, but I, I want to start by talking about how music can be used in a positive way on Sunday mornings when we gather together. And this is really going to lay a foundation for us as we talk later about how we worship with our, our head, our heart, and our hands. So here are some of the ways that music can help support our worship on Sunday mornings. Um, and I want to mention, I'm going to be um, using some quotes from Bob Coughlin, who's an awesome worship leader, who wrote the book Worship Matters. Um, and then also going to be using some information from my good friend Keith Byler, who's the uh, worship pastor at Fairlawn Mennonite, where my brother is a pastor. So here's how music helps us worship God. Number one, music stirs up and expresses God-glorifying emotions. Music stirs up and expresses God-glorifying emotions. Bob Coughlin says, Our deepest, strongest, purest affections should be reserved for God himself. And he gave us singing to help us express them. Half-hearted praise is an oxymoron and doesn't make any sense. You see, music has the ability to draw out intense emotions in us. Those emotions that tell us important things about who God is and about what he has done for us. Have you ever been listening to a song uh, maybe it was even on a Sunday morning here at ALCF, and you just felt an overwhelming sense of peace or of love or of joy. Those emotions are there to tell you that God is the God of peace and God is the God of love and God is the God of joy because he created that music. And maybe he desires to speak those things over you and over your situation in, in that moment. And he can and does use music to do that. I love that. Number two, music helps us imitate God the Father. God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So music helps us imitate the Trinity. Uh, in Zephaniah 3, 17, it mentions that God rejoices over us with singing. In Matthew 26, 30, it says, uh, which is this is the night before Jesus died, it mentions that Jesus sang a hymn with his disciples. Um, and if I had to guess, I bet that's probably not the only time he would, he would have sung. And in Ephesians 5, 18 through 19, it mentions that the Spirit inspires songs in the hearts of those who believe. So when we sing, we're reflecting God's image. And I can't help but think that in eternity past, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit probably sang to and over each other. What a cool three-part harmony that would be, right? Uh, number three is music helps us remember truth about God. Isn't it amazing that we can forget where we put the keys, but songs like Amazing Grace never escape our minds? I could probably ask most people in this room to start singing Amazing Grace, and I bet you'd be able to do it on the spot. But how many of you remember what you ate last night for dinner? Music helps us remember truths about God. There are days when Satan is tempting me to, to uh, trying to bring me down, and I think of the lyrics, greater is the one living inside of me than he who is living in the world, right? And suddenly I'm reminded of the truth that I've got Jesus inside of me so I can tell Satan to flee, or I may be struggling with anxiety and fear, and God brings the words to my mind. Who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Amen? And so I see and I hear and I feel my anxiety crawl back into the darkness that it came from. Music is powerful for remembrance. 
And there's been studies that show that Alzheimer's patients who can't often remember their spouses' names of 50-plus years can remember the words to the songs that they learned 70-plus years ago. That's amazing. Our brains are wired for music. How cool is our God? Number four, music helps us in our time of need. God made music for different, uh, different types of music for different times, different emotions, and different circumstances. Um, for example, when we play and sing upbeat songs like Great Things and Every Giant Will Fall to experience the joy, victory, and freedom that God brings us. Or we might do slower songs like it as well, or at the cross, to reflect more on the peace or the assurance that God brings us. We might do songs in major keys or with lots of major chords, or kind of like the happier sounding ones, to show the glory and magnificence of what God uh, has done and who he is. Or we can do songs in a minor key with minor chords, which are kind of like sadder sounding to reflect on our sin and who we were before Christ and, and, and just how great our sin is. And all that just scratches the surface. I mean, you can use different instruments or take out certain ones to help us experience uh, certain types of emotion and to experience the simplicity of who Jesus is or the complexity of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. The opportunities are endless. And we did this um, uh, during Acoustic Sunday uh, a couple months ago in January where we we just played some of the same songs we play, like, Oh, Come to the Altar, um, those types of things. We play that acoustic to kind of get a different sense of or a different feel to it and it helps you see another angle of the gospel. It helps you see another angle of Jesus. I have a silly confession. Sometimes I think we're actually going to run out of melodies and music. I think that a lot because there's like 8 billion people on the face of the earth and there are, there, if you really look for it, you can find new music every day anywhere you look. I promise you, you can find it. It's, it's crazy. But then I remind myself, God's always going to inspire a new song and he always, always will. So Um, That's just a silly confession I had to mention. Um, The fifth one is diversity in music allows us to understand God more fully. And I want to talk about style here for a minute when when we talk about diversity in music. There are so many different styles of music nowadays. I don't even know all of them. It's hard to keep up with it all. Uh, But the main thing I want to mention here is that style changes with the culture and so the type, or and with generations as well, and so the type of music uh, we will do often changes with the culture and with generations. But the truth of the gospel never changes, and who God is never changes, and that's the most important thing of the songs that we do sing. And you know, I really, really greatly appreciate the older generation here at ALCF. I realize that we do not do your style primarily and that we don't do a whole lot of hymns. And full disclosure, super complicated to learn on the piano compared to some of the, some of the other songs that we do. And so it takes, takes a little extra time for me personally. Um, Hannah's, Hannah's cool with it. So um, if, if we ever don't do hymns when, when I lead, that's part of the reason why is because um, I'm still learning the, the instrument. But they have great content. And so we don't want to exclude them completely. It just may not be the main style. And to be honest, style is preference. Style is subjective. There's no right or wrong style. There's no black and white answer on style. And God's, uh, God doesn't have a style preference. He has a heart preference. And if he does have a style preference, as Roger mentioned in, in one of our music practices the other day, um, I don't think we've heard it yet. If he does have a style preference. Listen, if God snapped his fingers right now and we all ended up in a church service for a tribe in a developing country, we wouldn't be singing Who You Say I Am or Oh Praise the Name, and that's awesome. We also wouldn't be using a drum kit, 
and an electric guitar or a keyboard. There'd probably be some percussion instruments and maybe some type of wind or stringed instruments, and that's it. And that's awesome. Does that make it any less of worship? Absolutely not. And if we went from there to Peru, we'd be met with blasting speakers from a keyboard, kind of like that one back there. Um, And it would be playing the tune of a familiar song that we know as the congregation that meets in a garage, by the way. They don't have a big fancy building like this. Meets in a garage. They'd be singing, Abre mis ojos, oh Cristo. Abre mis ojos, Señor. Yo quiero verte. Yo quiero verte. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. And then if you traveled from there to the Philippines, you'd hear a similar sound in the language of Tagalog as they also sing Open the Eyes of My Heart. It's a really popular song in developing countries. We also sang it in Nicaragua when we went there. I don't know what it is. It's just a popular song. But hearing different styles and worshiping in different styles reminds us that it's not about us. It reminds us that God is bigger than we realize he is. He's for every tribe, every nation, and every tongue, not just America. God is not English. God is not white. God doesn't only feel blessed by contemporary Christian worship music. Somewhere in the world right now, chances are someone is singing some of the same songs we're singing in another language with a completely different sound. Can you hear it? No, but God can, and that is the point. It's all about him, and it's about the heart. And so hearing and singing different musical styles reminds us that worship is really more about what's going on inside of us than what our ears and brains are experiencing. And when there's a song you don't particularly like or a style that you don't particularly care for, you should be excited and pumped to get a chance to hear what God might say as he looks to grow you outside of your own comfort zone. We should be excited to lay down our preference for his people to the glory of his praise. Let me say that again. We should be excited to lay down our preference for his people to the glory of his praise. And we should realize that this may be more of an opportunity for us to really worship than if it's in our own style. Because now you're obeying God regardless of your preference. And that's often the test of true worship and a test of true love. Listen, did Jesus prefer the cross as a means of redemption? No. We learn about that in the Garden of Gethsemane. He he said, God, if there's another way, Brandon, if there's another style, right? He didn't prefer the cross, but he laid down his preference for his people, us, to the glory of God's praise. If you're sitting here thinking uh, at times, I can't wait until we get to the next song just because of a style issue, I'm sorry, but you are missing out on an opportunity for God to mold you more closely to the character of Jesus. Laying down your preference is an act of worship in and of itself. And so to the older generation here at ALCF, I want to say thank you for your example because you have been fantastic, each and every one of you. You've you've not only laid down your preference, you've embraced the preferences of others. And you've been encouraging and patient with Haley and myself as we continue to lead. So thank you. That means a lot. Just as Jesus learned to embrace the cross. You've embraced another style, and that has been amazing. And in younger generations, someday you will have to do the same. You'll have to lay down your preference for God's people and his praise, and I hope you consider it an honor and a privilege and not a burden to do. And you can even still do that now at times when we sing certain types of songs that you might not be super excited about. 
oh, how I hope that God opens the eyes of our hearts to see that it's not about the sound, it's about the heart. It's about the gospel and the truth of the gospel never changes, even though culture and styles may change with, it, with generations. Having said that, God desires and designed the music to affect, affect our hearts in a powerful way. One caution about music I do want to mention is that there is a difference between emotionalism and emotions. So emotionalism is about pursuing certain feelings as an end in and of themselves, regardless of how the feelings are produced. And this can be super deceptive and actually lead us away from God. So I just want to feel so happy and so excited just because I love feeling happy and excited. That's not where we want to be. We want to pursue God and we want to respond to God because all, all worship is a response to who God is and what he's done. We want to respond to him. And if the emotions come, great. Never chase after the emotions. And that's actually why the next part is so important. So we're moving on to words now. So we're still on through song, um, which is kind of broken down into music and words. So now onto the words. I want you to know that we take the words that we sing here very seriously at ALCF, and I've always appreciated Ron and how seriously he took this as well, and making sure that the words that we sing are biblical and theologically sound songs. And I just love that because that's so important um, to make sure that we're accurately representing who God is and what he's done. And if you ever have a question, too, about any of the songs that we sing, I want you to come to me. Please come to me and ask, you know, hey, how, is, how does this line up with this in the scripture? I would love to have a discussion about it, and maybe we'll find it doesn't. So please do that. Um, but as we discussed, these words are going to be stuck in our minds for a long time, and these words are going to be what we're singing about God, to God, to others, to ourselves, our own souls, and so they need to be true. They need to be biblical. So that's what we look at when we look at um, songs to include Another aspect that's important to look at about words is complexity versus simplicity. So there is both in content and in quantity, and often these kind of go hand in hand. So have you ever noticed songs like In Christ Alone, which is an amazing song? Um, Just some of the more heavy theological truths that you find in that song. Whereas some songs that are more simple, like Here's My Heart, also an amazing song, might have a focus more on reflecting on some of those truths. And so there's less words to give you your mind a little more space to reflect. So we try to balance that out for you and, and so that you're not overloaded with one or underwhelmed with the other. And neither type of song is bad. They're both great in their own way. They hit us in different ways for different reasons, and that's all good. It's important to remember, or it's important because the gospel is both complex and simple at the same time. And so we need to understand the depth of it, but sometimes we need to just rest in the simplicity of it. Um, use the songs we sing, both in music and words, as a springboard to worship. All right? So I want to talk about what is a springboard to worship. A springboard to worship is anything you can use and love. Maybe it's the music to love God more supremely, trust him more fully, or obey him uh, more fully. Maybe it's the music. Maybe you hear a sound or a melody or a harmony that just sounds beautiful to you. And you think, wow, that sounds beautiful. Don't let the praise end there. Let it travel on to God. Tell him because he's the creator of music. Say, God, thank you so much. That was beautiful, and you made that possible. Maybe it's a line in a song that is incredibly creative or or deep or beautiful to you. Praise God for it. You can use anything as a springboard to worship. I often, uh, you can also use anything as an idol as well, just like we can um, use, turn good things into God things, but food. Food is a great springboard to worship. When you taste something that is incredibly sweet 
you can use that to remind you of the sweetness of God, as David talks about in the Psalms often. Use everything you can as a springboard to worship, not idolatry. So we worship God through song, and now the next part is with our minds. And this is kind of, uh, we already kind of started talking about this a little bit, because that's what we do in our minds as we think. And so if we're thinking about, hey, how can I use this as a springboard to worship, it's important to know what's going on in our minds. So Shane mentioned when we went through the True Worship Sermon Series on Worship, that was repetitive, the True Worship Sermon Series, that we can't worship with our heart and hands what we don't know with our minds. So we can't worship with our heart and with our hands what we don't know with our minds. I love that truth. And, and, and then A.W. Tozer, he has a quote. You've, you've probably heard, what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I would, I would add on to that to say that what comes into our mind when we think about God on a Sunday morning service is the most important thing about our worship because of realizing that we can't worship with our heart and our hands what we don't know with our minds. So the first, the first thing I want to mention here about our minds is that we can allow God's truth to wash over the lies about God and ourselves. So we can allow God's truth to wash over the lies about God and ourselves. So we have the tendency as sinful humans to fashion our own idea of God based on many different things that may or may not be helpful. And to be honest, the main way that we know God is through his word. And for some of you, the concept of God may be really difficult or really obscure, and I get that. And so we want to try to use lyrics to help you with that. We want to try to use the words that we sing to help you understand God. But I also encourage you to, to read the word of God for yourself. And if, uh, if, if it is obscure or really hard for you to understand who he is, maybe because of some of the things you've been through, hone in and focus on Jesus. If you want to know the Father, look at the Son. And so we sing songs about Jesus as well here at ALCF. So we need to be thinking right, song, right thoughts about God when we come and worship and when we sing. Do you do that? Do you think right thoughts about God, or do you instead view God as like a cosmic vending machine, just kind of waiting to see what he'll give you rather than what you can look to bring him? Do you maybe have incorrect thoughts about God, such as that he is against you, rather than remembering the truth that God is for you if you are in Christ? Do you allow thoughts to creep in that God is unfaithful? I'm often guilty of that one. Allow the truths of the words that we sing to wash over you that God is faithful and he is good. Let your thoughts be transformed by the renewal of your mind, as Romans, uh, Romans 12 says when we sing words like, You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. That's truth. He is never going to let us down. Or you are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. That's truth. Let's allow those words. We're not just singing these songs. We're not just singing these words just to sing them. Let those connect with you and, and, and some of the, the thoughts that you're having that are, that are not true about God. Let your hearts be renewed as we sing about God and your minds be renewed. Do you ever struggle to believe that you're loved or forgiven? I struggle with the second and have struggled with that quite, quite a bit in my life that I'm forgiven. Let your thoughts be transformed by the words that we sing, like in Good, Good Father. I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. 
It's who I am. Or, and it'll come to the altar, one of my favorite songs. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Never forget that. Allow these words to wash over the lies. We, we hear too many lies. We believe too many lies. We tell ourselves too many lies throughout the week to come here and still believe them when we leave. This is for your fuller freedom. This is for your fuller freedom. Another way that we can worship with our minds is when we allow God's truth to wash over our circumstances. You know, I realize many times in, in worship services or churches that you may have been to and, and even here, um, I've said this before, that we've kind of told you forget everything about your week and just focus on Jesus, which is good in some aspects. But I think we can also miss something here. Because if we don't allow the circumstances throughout our weeks to be present with us during a worship service, we're deceiving ourselves. Where's the connection between what we're proclaiming and, wh- and what we're actually living out at that point? So I want to encourage you actually to come as you are and bring your baggage from the week with you and allow God to speak to you in the midst of those circumstances. Don't just suppress it and leave it out and then praise God here and then leave and find yourself in the same spot. Let God move you while you're here. Don't allow yourself to walk back out these doors without God dealing with you. Not the way you think about your circumstances because interestingly enough, the circumstances are not the problem majority of the time. They may be difficult and they may be hard as all get out, but God's desire is rarely to change the circumstances in your life. Rarely. God's desire most often is to change the way that you think and he uses the circumstances you're going through to do it. And his desire is to change your heart and he uses the circumstances you're going through to do it. I remember being at a Hillsong United concert. Um, it was a couple years after the song Oceans, Where Feet May Fail came out. And I remember going through a really difficult time, um, an anxiety-provoking time at work with a specific client I was, I was working with. And I remember when we began to sing the, the Bridge of Oceans, I sensed God saying, Brandon, sing this over your work and your worries with this client until the peace comes. Sing this over it until the peace comes. And so I sang over and over and over again. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. And take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. And singing that time and time again over and over, I felt the peace come. And my trust in God grew that day just a little more. I was able to more fully worship him because I was able to more fully trust him with my mind. This is for your fuller freedom. So allow God's truth to wash over the lies and to wash over uh, your circumstances. This is how we trust him with our minds, by allowing him to invade our thoughts and our circumstances. With our hearts. Last thing we'll be talking about today is with our hearts. There's two things I want to focus on here is we, we worship because of our feelings and we worship in spite of our feelings. So the first one is we worship because of our feelings. I believe God wants you to express, or wants us to express our emotions to him when we gather on Sunday mornings and sing. I think repressing your emotions 
as you sing or singing powerful, life-giving words in a lifeless, half-hearted way is unhealthy, dishonoring to God, and quite frankly, confusing. And we all do it, unfortunately. When we sing powerful words like, like, in all I have is Christ, we should be allowing the words to so affect us that we can't help but sing with passion. I once was lost in darkest night and thought I knew the way. All I have is Christ. It doesn't mean you have to give us a solo from the congregation or break out into spontaneous praise, but sing with your heart and not only your mouth. Sing with your heart. Psalm 32, 11 says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. A value of our church at ALCF is joy. And another value is passion. And so when we look at singing at ALCF, let's ask ourselves, do we have joy? Do we have passion? Or are we simply going through the motions? I do believe that we have joy and passion here at ALCF. I also believe sometimes I come through these doors and I don't have joy and I don't have passion. Ephesians 5.19 says that when we sing, we can make melody in our hearts to the Lord. Colossians 3.16 says we should sing to God with gratitude in our hearts. We exist to express our gratitude to Christ, right? So when you're feeling these emotions, let God hear it. And if your heart wants to sing, give it a mic. Let him see you as you are uh, when you're not feeling the emotion as well, though. Because I would actually argue that you may even have more of an opportunity to worship God in spite of your feelings. And let me explain here. So, so when we worship in spite of our feelings, if you're struggling to connect with God and having uh, a difficulty really feeling a sense of peace or joy or, or passion, take that struggle to God and tell him about it. Say, God, I'm really struggling right now. I don't even want to be here. I just want to wallow in my own self-pity and I want to hide away in my room for the next three weeks. But I'm going to stay here and I'm going to raise a hallelujah despite not feeling like it. I'm going to sing even though it hurts. I'm going to sing, it is well with my soul, even if it doesn't feel like it's well. And I believe God rewards that kind of worship, and he longs for that kind of honest sincerity in us. He desires to know your struggle and to help you through it. He doesn't want you to leave it at the door when you walk in. Even when you sing, though, and praise God simply out of obedience, which is actually a good reason to do it, God often turns duty into delight. I often hear people say at times, what's the point of doing it if I don't really feel like doing it or have a desire to, to do it? I believe that is the point. I believe that's when you need to do it. And I think the obedience, despite not feeling like it, is, can show a greater measure of love when we obey despite not feeling like it. It's when we worship God through song with our minds and with our hearts. And this is for your, for your fuller freedom. And this is for your Father. And next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about how it's for your family here in this room as well. God wants your freedom. He desires it. Another thing that's important to remember, though, with all this is that the Holy Spirit is so crucial, and relying on him is paramount because of our polarization and how we will so often lean towards one side or another. We'll either go all to head knowledge and mind or all emotional and not consider any of the truths that we're actually talking about. We need the Spirit to help balance us out. We need Him to lead us and to help us know where we are on that spectrum. So we need to rely on Him frequently. And, and when not, in, as we're singing, as, as we worship, um, when in doubt, pray as you praise. 
And when not in doubt, pray as you praise. Pray out loud. I'm okay with that. Pray silently. I believe I'm okay with that. I think God's okay with both of those. Just pray. This is such a powerful thing that we can do as we sing. Praise you feel the Spirit leading you. Maybe it's praying to God and just thanking him for who he is and what he's done. Uh, maybe you feel led to pray for your family in this room. That often can, can happen if you um, just get a sense God may be telling you to pray for a brother or sister. Don't quench that. Do it. Maybe you feel uh, led to pray for, maybe we're singing a song like Hosanna. I see a generation rising up to take their place with selfless faith. With, with selfless faith. Pray over the younger generation during that song in the midst of those words. God, raise up this generation. He longs for those types of prayers. Maybe you're struggling with some type of a sin or internal struggle, and you just need to pray um, as we're singing a song of surrender and offer up to God an area of your life you've been holding back to him. Pray as you praise, because prayer is praise. Next time, we'll talk about how we worship with our actions and how we worship together. Um, but here's a couple questions I just want you to, to think about as we, as we close. And we're actually going to sing a couple songs um, to give you the opportunity to, to respond. So here's a couple questions. What lies have you been believing about God and about yourself? What lies have you been believing about God and about yourself? How have you misused the emotion that God has given you to glorify him? Whether by seeking out the emotion instead of his glory or by suppressing your emotion. I believe he hates both. So how, how have you misused the emotion that God has given you to glorify him? Next one is, how can you lay down your preference for God's people to the glory of his praise? And this applies to, to everything in life. We're not talking about essentials here. We're talking about preference. So how can you lay down your preference for God's people to the glory of his praise? And then, how can you worship in spite of your feelings? How can you worship in spite of your feelings? And then one more is, what emotions have you withheld from, wrongly from God? What emotions does he need to hear from you? So music team, come on up. Uh, I want to just say one more thing. Be assured that there is grace for you. And that nobody in this room is perfect worshipers. We're never going to be perfect worshipers on this side of eternity. So even when you don't feel like singing or when you don't feel like praising, God is singing over you. And Jesus is a perfect worshiper. Jesus was a perfect worshiper, and he gave up his rightful position. He laid down his preference for you so that we could praise him. How cool is that? We act from grace. We act from the gospel. We respond from the gospel. Start there, and you cannot go wrong. I promise you that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for who you are, and we thank you for what you've done in our lives. And Lord, I just want to personally confess that I have gone wrong in so many different areas. I have made so many different mistakes in all of the things that I just said. I might as well have just been holding a mirror in front of me this whole time. Lord, I pray for your grace. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you so much for who you are 
and what you've done even just today. And we pray that you would allow us um, and encourage us and spur us on to, to sing, to sing with our hearts, to sing with our minds, to praise you for the music, to praise you for the words, to use anything and everything that we can as a springboard to worship. We love you. We thank you, Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.